Hi there, welcome to the Fearless Lady Podcast. I am your host, the Fearless Lady, Charlene Light. When I turned 40, I decided to create a really fun challenge for myself by stepping into my fears 40 different ways. I tackled fears around aging, going after my dreams, and even finding true love. This podcast is about that journey and how it transformed my life and how you can start looking at your fear as an invitation to step into your worth, invite more freedom, joy, and fun back into your life. Life can be an adventure. Live the life of your dreams. I am so excited to bring you a wonderful interview with one of my first coaching clients, Paramjeet. She discusses her upbringing, how she grew up in a very traditional Indian background, and that she got married at 22, ended up getting divorced seven years later, and how... When we met, she was in a very dark place and doing these fearless acts really helped give her the momentum that she needed to find her own power, her own inner light. And it's amazing how much her life is transformed. So I'm so excited to dive right in and bring you Paramjeet. Well, hello there. How are you? Welcome to the Fearless Lady Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and thank you for having me. (laughs) Oh, it's my pleasure. And do you be my first guest? Yeah. Thank you. Oh my God. That is so exciting. (laughs) I feel so honored. Well, I'm honored to have you. Thank you so much. So let's, let's go ahead and jump right in. First of all, I want you to talk a little bit about, um, where you grew up, um, where you came from and, how we met, and then we'll, we'll go from there. Okay, yeah. So I grew up in the San Fernando Valley in LA. Woohoo! San Fernando yeah. Valley, you're a valley girl like me. <laughs> yes, exactly. 818, that's right. I know. We are a rare <laughs> breed, actually. We really are. I've started calling it the Great 18. <laughs> that's so cute. I love that. Are you still 818? Yeah, I am. And you know what's crazy? We'll talk about this, too. Uh, I love it here now. I absolutely love it here. I know when we first met, I was like, I hate it in the Valley. I don't want to be here, but things have really changed. I guess my perspective has really shifted and so much is, everything is so different. So, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, to to hear all about that. So, I mean, I grew up in the Valley and then I I lived in uh, Orange County for 10 years and that's kind of where I I felt really at home. And, um, you know, I I went through a bunch of stuff, including my divorce and all that. And I ended up moving back to the Valley in 2018. So I've been here for about three years now and, um, you know, I wasn't super happy to move back, but I just knew this was probably the wiser step for me at this time. So I ended up moving back here, um, you know, found a job kind of close by, ended up, um, you know, working out at the Equinox there in uh, Northridge. Right. But you're living with your, you moved back home with your mom. Correct. Yes. Yeah. I moved back in with my mom. So I was, you know, I had my own home. I was married. I had, you know, a whole different life. And then I ended up moving back in with my mom Mm -hmm. at 30. So, um, so yeah, it was quite a, quite a change, but I can see how I I had to move home just to kind of pass some additional tests and things like that, that I knew I just, things that I knew I needed to work on and look at and face. Mm -hmm. Um, and I kind of always knew that, but I still resisted so much being here and and having to move back, but, Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's gotten much better. So, I mean, last year, it was, I think, beginning of 2019 that I met you because you had uh, moved from New York and mm-hmm. you were teaching yoga at Equinox. Right. And that's where I had worked out. And, you know, I always felt so drawn to you and I always really loved your energy and mm-hmm. I loved your yoga classes. And I just Thank remember you. one one yoga class specifically, I had just gone through like these round of interviews that were really hard and um, and they went really, really well. I was kind of like really feeling good that day. And I came to your class and, you know, anytime there's anything going on with uh, my career, I, my, my father's passed away, but, uh, I always miss him a lot when, um, you know, when some, I've accomplished something that I know he would be proud of. Right. And it was that day in your class, you know, how you sing at the end of class. I mean, right. I, that class, the whole class was a very different, uh, sensation for me. 
And I remember I dedicated that practice that day to my father. And by the end of class, when I laid down in Shavasana, I had all these goosebumps. It was just like this like out of body experience. I had so many goosebumps and I just had this like ethereal feeling floating around me. And then that's when you sang your song, It's Love. Mm-hmm. And every lyric of that song hit me so deep and it just described exactly all the struggle and pain that I've been going through the past few years. And mm. I felt so healed that day in your class. And I remember Aww. I came up to you and I was like, that was the best yoga class I've ever taken. <laughs> and I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And then you gave me a hug. And <laughs> I just remember from then I was like, wow, there's just really something about this woman and I I felt really strong and I still feel so strongly that you are someone that really is embodying your dharma and mm. really going for it and you're you're a role model for me and I'm just so grateful that our paths crossed. Oh well thank you so much for all of those kind words and of course you know a lot of times you were so wonderful in that you you actually told me but a lot of times we don't tell those people that when they do have an effect on us, how they're having an effect on us. And certain people do make an impact on you, but you don't necessarily tell them in the moment or even after, you know? Yeah. And I mean, that was the situation there because I was like, well, I want to tell her everything, but all I did (laughs) with at the end was, that was the best yoga class I've ever taken. But I I feel like I manifested um, that meeting with you later when we went and had dinner together because I was like, one day I'm going to sit down with her. I'm going to tell her the story. And I'm so glad that I was able to. And it, it all just flowed and turned out so much better. I mean, I got to be able to be a part of your fearless acts journey as you were just starting that out and it helped me so much. So I feel like you have just been divinely placed along my path and I'm so, so grateful for that. Oh, well, that is so sweet. Thank you. Thank you. Well, yeah. So to get back to, you know, the fearless coaching and how we started to work together, um, I think you had maybe come up to me later after class and said something um, to the effect right. of about yeah, my job, uh huh. That you were looking right. to transition out of what out of the corporate world. You had finished this Ayurvedic training. You, I think, we're just inquiring, and because I'm so passionate about like everybody who has an interest in anything different um, that wants to follow their dreams, I'm always like, I will sit down, have coffee with you, I'll do whatever <laughs> to like yeah. lead you on that path because I know how it feels, and it feels like you're crazy to follow this instinct. You're crazy to go off and do this thing that you love. Like what are the chances? You know what I mean? So I've been there. So anybody, and this just goes, even if you're listening, like anybody who wants to ask me anything, um, like I'm just an open book when it comes to that, because I understand and I want to support you in any way that I can. So I think that's what I did initially was just like, I have this webinar talking about what I did. I sent it to you. And then I think you watched it, which I was impressed because it's pretty damn long. <laughs> that was good. Oh, uh, well, thank you. And then I said to you after I emailed saying, you know, if you ever wanted to have coffee or talk about it in detail, let me know. And then that right. was when we made the date of uh, yes. meeting after class, which, yeah. Right. So to get everybody up to speed, we met and had dinner. And I was so taken by you because I just... I feel for anybody that is going through something in their life, they're at this precipice where they feel like they want to make a big change, but they just, you just don't know where to go. You don't know what the next step is. So mm-hmm. I felt that from you. And as I was leaving, and, and by the way, that's when you did share with me that beautiful story about the song and everything and having that effect yeah. on you, which I loved, yeah. which is beautiful. Um, but afterwards I thought, you know, I have just had this ping or this like inspirational idea of like, what if I started to teach people how to create their own fearless journey, you know, where I can be your coach and guide you and help you create create these fun and fearless acts to do. And then I'm there to support you along the way. And I just thought, you know, this would be a great opportunity for you to give you ideas of what you could be doing to get yourself out of the situation, you know? So I emailed you that. I was like, Hey, I'm doing this thing. What do you think? And then you were like, yes. (laughs) Yes. Hell yes. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, that's how we started. And you were one of my first um, clients or, you know, that I worked with, which I was so excited to do. So talk to me about where you were at that point, because you were in kind of a dark place at that point. 
Oh yeah, I was. I was definitely in a dark place. And I feel like I had been in a dark place for quite some time that it just kept kind of getting darker and I kept getting kind of deeper into the ditch Mm. to the point where, you know, I remember you had curated these uh, fearless acts for me. And I remember I was even telling, sharing some of them with my sister. And, you know, one of them was like, hand out, um, go to a public place where there's a lot of foot traffic and hand out love notes. I remember I was like telling my sister about some of them and she's like, yeah, I could totally see you doing that. And to me, like the person that I had felt that I had become in my depression and all the darkness, I was like, no, I I can't do that. Like, what are you saying? That's me. That used to be me, but it's not me anymore. So Mm. it really opened my eyes to just how much I have let myself um, just kind of believe in all the lies and that I've been telling myself and, you know, depression, there's, there's so many aspects to it and stuff, but um, it, it took many different approaches for me to to get past it which now I feel like I'm finally making good traction but um yeah I mean I just felt like that doing this whole fearless acts with you was like it was the momentum that I needed like Mm -hmm. I knew I could do all those things in my head but there was no momentum for it there was no motivation for it because Mm -hmm. I had completely just kind of um, accepted defeat in a way from life. It sounds like you really, you lost a part of yourself that, and and what happens and it's a slow progression. Don't you think it's like one thing leads to another thing leads to another thing. And it's like, you get so, um, kind of trapped in this, your own sort of world filled with like fear, like any sort of step out of it feels like you can't do any of it. Right. Absolutely. And it gets worse and worse. Like it just, and and that's the thing, like you, as someone that is really depressed, it's so hard for them to really be able to comprehend or understand this as it's unfolding or happening to them because it's just so sneaky like that. Yep. Yep. So talk to me a little bit about how did it get to that place, do you think? I mean, there are some big things that happen in your life. You talked about the passing of your father. You talk about um, you were married. How long were you married? For seven years. For seven years. And prior to being married, did you, like when you were growing up, and I think we talked a little, a little bit about this, but what were your dreams? Like what, what were your aspirations? What did you think about like where you were going to be at a certain age or that kind of thing? Were you pretty ambitious? Were you driven? I would say so. I mean, I definitely had so many dreams. When I was young, I wanted to be a, um, a Bollywood film director. <laughs> oh, right. I, I really that. thought that's what I would be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, talk um, about talk about that. Your your background, like where your parents are from. Right. Yeah. So my ethnicity is Indian. Oh. I was born here in America, um, but both my parents are from India. Mm-hmm. So they moved here in their twenties after they had my sister, and then they had me, and then they had my brother. So um, I definitely grew up in a very, very uh, in a culture that was very heavily Indian. And uh, almost like I grew up in like a hybrid world because like, yeah, I grew up in America and, you know, part of the American culture, but the Indian culture is very, very much ingrained in me. So Mm. much so that, you know, it's just, I I grew up in a pretty strict household too. So I wasn't really allowed to date or I wasn't allowed to date at all. I wasn't really allowed to go out. Um, So I I grew up with that kind of um, um, mentality where I felt like I... Um, things were just very stifled in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, were so you going? Oh, sorry. Like, what was the message that you were getting at home? Like, that you, like, what was, how was success defined? Like, did they push you to be like a professional? Did they encourage you and support your dreams if you, if you wanted to be a director, a Bollywood director? Like, well, not exactly. So the, the way it went was like, well, you're going to get your education, you're going to get your bachelor's and you're going to do it in something that is not uh, like you're not going to do it in like English or something. Uh-huh. So, you know, this, they're very specific about that. And I mean, I'm actually grateful for that because I, you know, I, I, I was able to get into a career in the corporate world where I make good money. So um, you know, I'm actually grateful for that, but because my parents, um, 
you know, they supported me from the time I was young to even like my mom. I mean, I, I live with my mom. I don't even, I don't pay her rent because she doesn't want me to. So right. it's just the way that the culture is like, they, they really take care of their children. Right. Um, my parents paid for all of my education. My parents bought me my first car. Right. Um, my parents paid for my entire wedding. I mean, they have done so much and sacrificed so much that, you know, they expect a lot from their children in return. So I always felt like it was my duty to marry the type of person they wanted me to marry and, you know, just do all the things that they expected of me and that would make them proud. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that really overlaid onto just my own personality too, because I am very much so a people pleaser. And I know we talked about that too. Right. Um, So I think it really kind of just led me down this path where, you know, I was so young and naive and I didn't really know what I truly wanted out of life. And I mean, not many people do in their 20s, right? Right. But now I'm in my 30s and I feel like I feel so much better. I I know that the past several years coming out of a marriage, losing my dad, going through my own anxiety and depression struggle, like a lot of it has just been so, so, so heavy. Mm-hmm. but I finally am feeling like, like the fog is clearing and I'm, I'm walking into happier days. And, you know, I recently got a puppy and oh. she has just lit my life up. Like I never expected. I never, I did not even know life had such a blessing left for me. I mean, this little angel is the sweetest little thing that I could have ever, ever asked for. So oh, I just feel so grateful and blessed. I love and, that. I love that. Yeah. I have a dog too. That's wonderful. Congratulations. Yeah, You're a mom. <laughs> I am. And I love it so much. I mean, so I got her when she was like eight weeks old and everybody's like, that's a lot of work. And I'm like, I absolutely love it. Like, I don't mind picking up her poop or any of that. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Uh, well, I want to, I want to, I mean, I want to talk more about that, but I want to go back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, stay on topic. Yeah. Well, no, but I think it's interesting because it's so relatable to, you know, your parents obviously loved you very much and obviously would do anything for you. But I sense, and I'm sure you would agree that there was a certain pressure to go in this direction of kind of a traditional path of getting a really good education, getting a good paying job, like you said, and there's nothing wrong. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but what, what happened to those dreams, those other artistic dreams, like where, you know, like, and, and then we had met at a time where you were exploring you, like you could talk about like what, started the whole sort of getting into Ayurveda? Like what made you think yeah. about that? And actually, I don't even know specifically what you do for a living. <laughs> I realized that. Right. So I work at, I, so my corporate job, I, I got uh-huh. my degree in economics. Uh-huh. And so my corporate job, I work as the financial data analyst in the healthcare industry. Okay. So um, it's very, very technical, like super technical, very numbers, analytical, um, it's kind of not much, not a lot of creativity there right um but I'm good at it and it's a part of you know something it's part of my skill set but I just I felt for so long like I I struggled with my health my mom actually has struggled with her health most of my life um and even my dad you know he he got sick and he got a brain tumor which ended up to be cancerous and he passed away and Mm -hmm. so I just feel I just feel like it's part of my dharma to learn how to live better for myself yeah. and then teach others how to do it. Because I, I think there's so many things that we overlook, small things that are like detrimental to our health that, you know, we, we, if we just apply more common sense, we, you know, we can all live a lot healthier. So I chose Ayurveda because I really felt like it resonated with me. There's a lot of truth in it and it's a lot, there's so much wisdom yet. It's so simplistic in the way that it's um, the way that it's set up. Because it's all based off of the elements of nature. And you, it's a sister science of yoga. Right. It's a sister science of yoga. Um, and it all emerged from these ancient Vedic texts from India um, mm-hmm. thousands and thousands of years ago. And so I, I really do feel that 
that the Ayurvedic lens can be applied to uh, medicine, scientific medicine as well in the Western world. Mm -hmm. And as these two come together, if they could just work in tandem, um, you know, that, that really would be a recipe for success. Right. And just in case anybody's listening that doesn't know what Ayurveda is, can you just give a brief, I mean, you said it's the sister science to yoga, which I know, and you could talk about how it's based on, isn't it based on your three types of body constitutions, right? Right. right. There's three doshic constitutions. So Ayurveda translates to knowledge or science of life Mm -hmm. and, um, it's uh, diet, lifestyle, um, and there are three different doshas within Ayurveda, which are based off of the elements. Mm-hmm. And um, so the elements are air, ether, air, fire, water, earth. Mm-hmm. And those five, five elements make up these three different doshas. And mm-hmm. um, so Ayurveda studies these three doshas within our bodies to determine what's out of balance. And from that, we bring the person back into balance. Exactly. And one of the most amazing things about Ayurveda is that it recognizes that, you know, what, what's medicine for one person can be poison for another person. So we're all different. We all have, we're all unique and there's a specific approach for everyone. There's no one size fits all. Exactly. And so it's like, it really is just, there's so much wisdom in it. And, um, you know, it's helped me with some of my own issues that I've had too. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I struggled a lot with menstrual irregularities and, mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's crazy. There are these ancient texts, right, for for the Ayurvedic ancient texts that have been translated, and I own um, copies of them. And you know, I went into those texts to see, okay, so for the issues that I'm having, what should I take? And there are herbs and formulas in there that are. It's not just one or two herbs. It's like ten different herbs, and there's a certain like ratio and formula to it. And like, it's just crazy how back so long ago the their wisdom was so much that they were able to just, I think it was more, more just downloading the knowledge from source or something. Mm, exactly. But um, yeah, so it gets really detailed, but um, I just want to share that piece because there's just so much in Ayurveda once you, once you really dive into it. Yeah, absolutely. That can help so many people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then I actually had a question um, when you talked about, um, the pressure, you know, that you sometimes felt with your parents and, um, and it was like a traditional upbringing, like an Indian upbringing. And I'm curious, was your marriage, it wasn't, they didn't assign or anything like that. They didn't do anything like that. You actually met your ex-husband just naturally, or was it? I did meet him naturally, but the, what's interesting about that is you know, they, my parents had very specific uh, requirements for the type of guy I could marry. He had to be Indian. He had to come from the same state that we come from. He has to be the same religion. Uh, and on top of oh, that, wow. he, yeah, he has to come from the same caste. So within the religion, there's, you know, there could be many people who have different castes. But he had what to be... What is caste? Like... Uh, it's like... Um, status? So like we're, status, right. Oh, wow. So we were like considered like landowner farmers. So I had, he had to come from a similar family background. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so That's it, a lot. <laughs> right. So it's like, okay, well, this, this is a requirement. And you, know, you have to find someone that meets all these requirements. And then on top of that, I remember my dad would say he has to be a doctor, lawyer, or engineer oh. or own a business. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Listen to this. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I mean, you literally just breathe by that whole thing. I would yeah. never know. That is a lot of shit. I mean, <laughs> are you kidding me? If that was me, oh, my God. Like, I would have just been like, are you crazy? <laughs> oh, no. And I'm just in my head thinking like, okay, all right, well, let's see what I can do. And I ended up finding someone who met all of those requirements, right? Oh my God, girl, I can't, wow. Like, wow. (laughs) I can't even believe it. I mean, paint this picture for me because did any part of you want to rebel? Did any part of you want to be like, what? Because here you are. I mean, you grew up here. You went to public school, right? I did. I did. But, you know, I, I wouldn't say at that time I wanted to rebel because I myself was so into the Indian culture. I, 
Um, you know, I had a lot of Indian friends and, and there's actually a lot of my type of Indians around, um, mm. around here too. So I, 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 I never felt like I wanted to marry outside of the culture either because I was really, really connected to it. I mean, I wanted to be a Bollywood film director. And then in <laughs> college, I even like danced uh, on a traditional Indian dance team. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was very, very much engrossed in the culture. And so at that time in my life, I, I really thought that, no, this is what I want. And so even though like what I wanted was kind of embedded into what my parents wanted, like that's right. the, I think the best way I could paint the picture because I kind of just took it as, oh, it's a given. Like I have to, you know, I have to make my parents happy. And so I just kind of, and that's kind of how I live my life. Like for my, up until I would say 30, at 29, I finally decided that this marriage isn't working for me and I just need to become my own person. I can't live the rest of my life just based off of decisions I made when I was young and didn't know better. Mm. How old were you when you got married? I was 22. <gasps> I was wow. 22 when I got married. I was uh, engaged while I was still in college. I was a senior in college when I was engaged. Oh my and we God. had been together for maybe three years. Yeah. And that I was just, a totally different time of my life. Like at that time, I was like, wow, I'm like ahead of all my friends. Like I have my marriage situation figured out. And like, <laughs> you know, like we, yeah. had, we had a house. And like it was a really, really different time. Um, but I changed so much. He changed so much. Right. And, um, and that's just what happens. I, I mean, in 20s, is so, so young. And So yeah. I'm curious, when you realized the marriage wasn't going to work out, I'm, I mean, how did your parents react? Was your father alive during the time? No, he wasn't. So he mm-hmm. actually passed away um, about a year after my marriage, which was very sad because he, we didn't have much time with him um literally after I got married he got sick and oh, I'm so sorry I just remember yeah it was very very sad and I feel like that really changed the trajectory of not only my life but my marriage too mm. and um so there was a lot of struggle because of that and and then over the years I just I remember we would have uh certain instances where you know I mean not obviously every couple fights and stuff but I just remember feeling more and more towards the end that I am going through the same scenarios in my head all the time. I'm getting upset about things and I can't change this person. And like, I remember I would go to this coffee shop and I would just journal and journal and journal. I remember once I was like, how many times am I going to come here and journal about the same thing? I need to either do something about it and just put up with the consequences or just figure it out. And I mean, that's probably the first decision I ever took in my life for myself, regardless of what anyone else had to say. I never went to my family and asked them for advice. I just told them like, this is what I'm doing. This Mm. is what's happening now. And I mean, they supported me. Everybody did support me, but I also knew inside that like, you know, I've been with this person for so long and it's better for us to start partying as we're younger rather than wait five years or 10 years I mean, at this point, we both can still have a chance to start something fresh and new with somebody else. Yeah. And, and I mean, that, that was three years ago uh, that the marriage ended. And I am just now finally feeling like I can move forward. But these past three years were just such a fog and such a shedding of, of everything that was. Right. Wow. Yeah. So when you did make that decision, did that... Like, how did your mom take it? Oh, my gosh. She was so devastated. Mm. She was so, so devastated because that's the last thing that any Indian mother wants. In an Indian household, when your daughter is, um, when your daughter is given away for marriage, the parents are still relieved because they're like, <laughs> we've done our job. She's at her, her real house now. And that's it. So it's very much, yeah, that's very much how the culture is. And I know my mom was just like, just try to make it work, work it out. And, and I, mean, I was like, no, like, that's not, it's, that's just not what's going to happen. And I mean, it took her some time, but she came around and she's such a strong woman and she's been through so much struggle in her own life that I feel like she kind of gets at this point that like, you know, things happen and, and that's right. life. Right. But, um, 
but uh, she's been very supportive, super supportive. I'm very grateful for my mom because, you know, I, I, I live with her now. And I mean, I support her too in, in, in ways that I can, but um, I'm grateful because I have this time with her now and I get to see her more and be with her and around her. And so I think everything worked out the way it was really supposed to work out. Right. I mean, it always does. Yeah. It really does, even though you can't see it at the moment. But right. in hindsight, you realize it does. Um, but I'm exactly. curious when you – so did she say, well, why don't you move back home? Like, She did. Initially, she did say – she's like, well, why are you – because what happened was I wanted to – I left. I moved into an apartment, and uh, I was living alone, which I absolutely loved in the beginning. Um and, and I remember she, her saying, well, why don't you just look for, uh, move back home and look for a job around here? And I was like, well, I, I mean, I have my life in Orange County. You know, I don't, I'm not ready to leave from there yet. Right. And so um, she definitely was like, well, you're going to live by yourself. And, you know, I think, I think it was, she, maybe she didn't realize that, um, you know, I'm okay. Like people live alone and girls live alone. And it's, right. you know, 2017 it was at that time. And, um so I think there was definitely a bit of that, but, but I think also, I think she realized that, okay, my daughter just wants to, to be her own person now. And I could see that a part of her was maybe also, um, wanting to respect that. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's really cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so that, and I could see that in her too. And, you know, it's so hard for women, I feel. I mean, it's so much easier now in this day and age. But 20 years ago, if that was me, I don't know if I would have been able to make the same decision. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, so, 100%. I mean, and I think it says a lot about your mom that, you know, it wasn't something that she wanted, but she still supported you. And she still, like, opened her home and her arms and was like, you can come here. And, you know, and I think that, I mean, it goes along with just like the culture and also, I don't know. I think that's a beautiful thing to know that you can always go home, you know? Oh, it definitely is. And I am so grateful for that. And, you know, sometimes I have days where, you know, not so much anymore, luckily, but I remember I would have many days where I would be just crying to my mom. I would come home and I would just be crying and I'd be so upset. Like, what is my life? Like, Mm. I I, I had to start all over after my my marriage financially also. And so I just remember like talking to her about a lot of this and she would always tell me like, no matter what, this is your home. Don't ever feel like this is not your home or that you don't have your own home or like this is your home you're a daughter of this home and this is your home and you know she always makes me feel so so um taken care of in that way that's beautiful I mean that's like when you feel that I think on some level it's gotta be like okay well at least I have something to go home to like I mean there were times I think in my life where I didn't feel that I mean uh, listen my parents certainly loved me to death and would help me in any way that they could but or I don't know maybe it was just a pressure that I put on myself where it was like I can't go home I can't move back home mm-hmm. like that's just right. not even an option you know <laughs> like yeah I mean I wouldn't oh. want to either but like there are many people that do and there's there's nothing wrong with that I I I just always find it so um, interesting that that's even an, an option because I just never in my mind thought that was an option for me ever, you yeah. know? Yeah. No, but you're right. A lot more people definitely are. I mean, living mm-hmm. in Southern California is not easy either mm-hmm. financially. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's really great. Um, okay. So let's jump ahead a little bit. So you were living with your mom. You always still were at this particular job. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. And then you started to dabble into Ayurveda. How many years ago? Like when did you begin the course? I mean, obviously it was around you. You were familiar with it because it's, you know, based in India. Right. So I started the course in 2017 and okay. um, that, that happened to be the, around the same time that I was um, coming out of the marriage. So, and you were 30, yeah. correct? I was 29, yeah. 29. I, I 29. feel like that that age, 29 to 30 or thir- turning 30 is like such a pivotal 
milestone year. Oh I yeah. Feel, as a woman, like when you get, when you enter your thirties, I really think like all through your twenties and I'm guilty of this too. And most people are, you adopt so much of what your parents want for you that you don't even realize it. It's like you go through your life thinking these are your decisions, but they're mm-hmm. actually something that exactly. on a subconscious level was embedded in you since childhood. And then you exactly. approach almost 30 and you realize, do I even, I mean, where did that thought even come from? Like, I don't even right. like, like I, I remember for years, my mom told me I don't look good in red. And then one day I'm like, who says I don't look good in red? Or you know what right, I mean? Right, exactly. I'm going to buy red yeah. sweater. But it's like you just adopt all these beliefs and these ideas that they aren't even yours. I know. And then it just becomes a part of your conditioning. Uh-huh. And then you wait. But you're right. Something and- happens at that age and you're just like, wait a second. And you take a look around and you're like, no, this is, there's, you think we need to change. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, and then you're, I think your desires, you start to grow as an adult and your desires and your dream, like they start to like really come to the forefront. Like I'm really having this feeling of like, I want to dive into this and let me check it out. And, and also something has to crumble, you know, oh, absolutely. Yeah. for you to start to really question everything, you know, it's right. like something gets taken away. And then you're forced to like, look at your life differently and be like, okay, wait a second. What do I actually want? You know? Yeah, exactly. Totally. Yeah. Because I was like super in a codependent relationship and I was like, wait a second, this is like both ways unhealthy right now. And that just can't be my forever. Yeah. I mean, but that's a beautiful awareness and a beautiful thing that you did for yourself and for him, you know? Yep. Absolutely. But wow. I mean, it's so brave. It's so, so brave. Were you doing yoga before, like when you were married? Was this always a part of your practice? I was doing yoga. I would say I started more so the last year of my marriage. Okay. Yeah. That's when I really got into it. Right. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. Before that, I would work out often. I would run. But, um, and I would do yoga here and there, but strictly doing yoga uh, as my main exercise practice, I would say, yeah, that started in like 2016. Mm, that's interesting. It is. Yeah. Because that woke something up, I'm sure. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And then, okay, so we, so we meet and this was last summer and we have that wonderful dinner. And then I approach you and say, hey, you want to go on this journey six weeks with me. We'll talk about this, that, and the other. I'll come up with like a cure. So how I work with people is I ask a bunch of questions and then I just kind of based on instinct and just my own experience of doing things, I just pick certain things that I think would, again, like be some of them fun, some of them really scary, and then just kind of get an idea based on the person like you, like how you feel and what, and what ends up happening is, and we'll talk about this. So the first thing that you decided to dive into was the public speaking, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think you had mentioned that you had this fear of getting up in front of people at your work and like doing a presentation or sharing something, right? Yeah. And it it got worse over time. Right. Right. So I was like, okay, so I did some research. There's this thing called Toastmasters and I put that as one of your fearless acts. And that was the first thing you decided to do. And tell me why that was the first thing that draw that drew you or why you wanted what? to attack it first. Yeah. I remember I had gone to a Toastmasters before and it, it wasn't a good experience for me. Mm. And, and then I just thought, okay, maybe, I, maybe, I, you know, this is coming up again. So maybe I should go again. And so I went to one and I loved it. It was great. I, I was able to, you know, they called me up to, to do, um, some like two minute talk and, and I got really into it. I was, I was really, uh, I was like, okay, this isn't so bad. Yeah. So I was able to get rid of that, uh, that bad memory. (laughs) (laughs) And then what happened, what happened right after that? Right after, um, you mean the next act that I did? Well, cause what I, yeah. So you did this act and you were very excited because you faced this, this fear. Yeah. You, first, you had a bad experience the first time and yeah. then all of a sudden it was a good experience. So right. you're kind of beaming, right? You're on right. this like adrenaline. And then what was something that you decided to do that you 
signed up for because oh improv yeah exactly that's right yes and improv was like the most fun thing like I looked forward to going there and it was just fun it's really and it really it stretched me in a way that I didn't even know I needed to be stretched right right well and I think that's what's so interesting it's like I wouldn't have I didn't assign improv it was something that you was like you and I remember you telling me you couldn't sleep that night Right. Yeah. I couldn't sleep. And I was like, just you were buzzing. You were I was buzzing. So buzzing. Yeah. I was so buzzing. And I was like, whoa, like I need to, I need to figure out a way to manage my energy. Like I'm either like low or just like through the roof. Well, and I think this is what happens when we step into new territory. There's an excitement. And then you have this really kind of high from actually doing something that initially you did that didn't work out, but now it's like this positive experience. So that coupled with, you know, don't forget, you were basically doing the same things over and over and over again for Mm -hmm. so long. You got stuck into this routine. So now you're breaking out of it. Now it's exciting. And then boom, you sign yourself up for how long was the improv uh, classes? Eight Eight weeks. It was eight weeks with uh, performance. (laughs) Yeah. No, and I remember being like, whoa, like all of a sudden, just yeah. like, the first act you were like on fire. I'm like, fabulous. All right. We're, go- we're going. We're going. Exactly. But I mean, that's what I think is so powerful about taking action. We, and again, this is something you can spend, you know, hours upon hours thinking about, but you don't know how it's going to feel in your body when you actually do it. Right. And then what yep. the Effect, that ripple effect, you know? Right. Okay. So number two, do you remember what number two was? The cuddle party. Yeah. So the explain. Cuddle party. Yeah. So I haven't gotten to the cuddle party in my fearless journey yet, but what's so interesting is um, I signed this for you and another, um, another woman, another lady, Karina, um, who was also, I was doing coaching for as well. And it's because I went through it. But I was like in my head thinking, oh, what's a big deal? A cuddle party, no big deal. You know, I'm a yoga teacher. I touch people all the time. Can I just tell you, it was like the scariest thing I've ever done because you have to like go. I mean, I just never felt so uncomfortable. Like I don't want to cuddle with strangers. Like that's not something that sounds cool. I I realize how I'm not really an affectionate person, except when I know someone I am, you know, but to just like randomly cuddle. And then I'm like, you know what I'm saying? So, but, yeah. but I assigned it for you because what was so fascinating for me about it was the full hour before we even got to that point, which was about the, the rules and right, the, the way boundary. that the boundaries. And I was like, whoa, like, this is really cool because never in my life, like we as women, we're, like you said, we're people pleasers. We tend to say yes more than we say no, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to like, if you're out with a guy or, you know, whatever, um, you're out with, yeah. like, you don't want to hurt their feelings. So you just kind of say yes. And next thing you know, you're doing something you don't necessarily want to do, but right. kind of like, I don't want to break off. Cause then it would, you just feel uncomfortable, right? You feel uncomfortable in that space of like saying no. Right. So, like you're going to come off as a prude or yeah. Yeah. Or just, yeah. Who cares? Like the fact that we even think like that is so, it's so it makes me sad because it's mm-hmm. so ingrained and in just our the way that we're raised just society and culture and it's just become it's almost like it's just a part of us that really we have yeah. to kind of work our way out of and owning our no and and really um not being afraid to walk out of a room or you know leave a situation exactly. that's uncomfortable especially now and what's so great about this whole movement of me too and things like that where it's like we really are taking ownership and that no and that power of our own voice you know um, yeah. but but talk a little bit about your experience when you enter that situation because again I'm somebody different that I don't feel comfortable cuddling with strangers but I mm-hmm. feel like was that something that you felt comfortable with initially well, I remember when I saw it on your on the list when the yeah. list had come through. I was like, "Oh, cuddle party!" I was like, "I'm definitely doing that one because I, I mean, I haven't been in a relationship in so long, and you know, I was like, I feel like I need hugs and I need cuddles. <laughs> so I was like, I'm gonna go do that one. Like that just seems like one that's right for me. <laughs> right, right. 
And so then- I remember I had to sign up for the, the hour long orientation. And then, um, and then, you know, after that, then they spent an hour with you kind of going over all the rules and saying no and all that. And then, um, and then there's the actual cuddle party that happens. And, um, and it was very interesting because I, when they were teaching us to say no, I remember feeling like, you know, they, they had us like turn to our person sitting next to us and, um, and like basically reject them and say like, no, sorry, I don't want to give you a hug. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that did not feel natural for me at all. And that mm-hmm. really was, um, very telling about just how I am and how I kind of just, you know, I don't like saying no, I don't like letting people down. So sometimes I bend over backwards mm-hmm. when maybe I shouldn't. Mm. And, um, so that was very, very eye opening. Um, and like the situation there, it was awkward, but because I just, I, you know, I kept an open mind and, you know, I felt like everybody that was there really, most of them were there for, because it was part of their self care regime in a way. Mm. And, um, and I, and I, by the end, I really was able to like appreciate everybody's energy. And I remember I gravitated a lot more towards like the professional cuddlers that, um, that like actually worked there. I remember, I remember that because they gave like really good hugs. Like I could feel the oxytocin like right away. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, but then, you know, with others as well, I, you know, I kind of just like tried to let my guard down and, um, and I felt a different energy after that day. And I realized how important it is for us to have physical touch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Most of us are so deprived and that's why I'm so grateful that I have a puppy now. not to that yeah (laughs) but um but it was great I mean I I definitely told myself I'm gonna go again uh which I haven't gotten around to but um it's just so far for me but I uh, I definitely do want to go again and have that experience and I have to do another orientation I think but Mm. but that's not something I would have done had it not been presented to me through you know the fearless act journey yeah well, awesome. Fabulous. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to talk about, um, I gave you a fearless act to stand or sit naked. I want to talk about a little bit of that and, and your feelings around that. It was about self-love and body image. And, uh, yeah. and, and talk to me a little bit about your relationship with your body and where you were at that point and, and, because I remember you telling me that that was really hard. Yeah. And it, it took me a couple of tries to actually get through it. I remember the first time I sat down and uh, I, and I started trying to write down some things and like, I couldn't be present with myself. I, I was like sitting in front of the mirror and I had just showered. Well, I, I should back present. up. Let me just say that I, it was to standard naked um, in front of a full length mirror and make a list of all the things that you love about your body. And then right. once you make this list, you want to speak it back to yourself while looking at your reflection in the mirror. And I'd also said that you can even take a, a picture, a selfie, something. But the idea is to really get intimate with your, with your body, to show some love, to appreciate where it is right now. Right. Yeah. And I couldn't do that the first time. The first time around, I, I just felt so much resistance that like midway, not even midway through, maybe a few minutes in, I was like, okay, maybe I'll do this another time. And then I remember we talked about it when we had our check-in and, mm-hmm. and you encouraged me to try it again. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think the following week, I, I was actually able to do it and feel it. And I remember just uh, feeling so much immense gratitude for my body not even looking at my body and trying to appreciate you know its physical characteristics but just I remember I was like bloated that day and I was like you know what thank you body that I'm bloated and you're letting Mm. me know Mm. and um yeah it really it really took a turn when I think I was able to open my heart a little bit more Mm. and I was just I was just so grateful and I think it really was about coming back to that that gratitude and coming to a higher belief system about our connection with our bodies. Mm -hmm. And do you, is that something that you continue to practice today or do you think, like how is your relationship? Yeah. 
I do. I take more pictures. <laughs> um, yeah, I do actually. I um, I've I've been super grateful for my body, and I've been taking better care of it. I feel like because I've been a mental better better place mentally, um, it's just making everything around me just kind of feel so much better. Like I'm feeling so much better than than I was at that time. Mm-hmm. It's like day and night. Yeah, I think I, I, there were a few instances, and I remember the first one, I believe it was, uh, I had this situation at my work where I was uh, being presented with an opportunity for a promotion, mm-hmm. and it was absolutely the last thing I wanted, the last thing I expected, um, because I wasn't feeling so well mentally and physically and emotionally, just in general, I, I just didn't want to welcome a promotion because I, you know, I was just struggling to keep up with whatever was going on with me already. Mm-hmm. And so I remember I, it was really tough for me because I started feeling like, well, maybe because I am starting to open myself up with these fearless acts, that's why, you know, certain tests or opportunities are now presenting themselves to me. So I think that's where then like the dip kind of took place. And I remember I got this anxiety attack at work and um, I was being asked to present something and I just couldn't talk. Like I could not speak. And this happened to me a couple of times and I just felt like, what the heck is wrong with me? Like, I can't even talk. Like, like, and that's where like on my best day in the past, like that would never have been how I would have reacted in that situation right but Mm. I ended up at the urgent care that day because my panic attack got so severe that I just like was crying hysterically and I remember just feeling like wow like last week I was excited about you know all these things that I did and this week look at me Mm. so that was definitely part of the journey for me and I remember talking to you the next day and and I remember you said like, this was also your, like a fearless act. This was also a test for you. And, Mm -hmm. and really I, 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 the next day I felt better. I felt like I was carrying this weight that just needed to be released. And that's why it blew up the way it did. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And you got through it. I mean, one of the things that, you know, our emotions are so powerful and fear, you know, I was talking about this, that when you step into fear, it illuminates all the other dark emotions as well. And the fear is really protecting whatever that underneath story, that shame story, that hurt, whatever it might be. So when we start to tap into it, it's all getting lifted. But to, yeah, be, but to be in a space of not being ashamed of, of that feeling or feeling like, I mean, I understand like, you were like, oh God, I was excited last week and now I'm not. Um, but to have a space of compassion for yourself, to understand that this is also a part of your life, like these dark moments are going to happen from time to time. And it's like how you can breathe through it, how you can work through it and knowing that you're going to be okay. Um, I think when we resist those feelings is when it starts to persist, right? What we resist yeah. persists. Um, and like you right. said, when you're like trying so hard to hold it together, um, it's when it really doesn't, <laughs> it mm-hmm. really kind of falls apart. Um, it imploded. So yeah, towards the end, I remember things that's really just kind of started to fall into place. And had I just trusted the universe, I think things would have flowed more. But because I was like, no, no, like this isn't supposed to happen like this. And mm-hmm. you know, I, was, I was fighting it a lot, but really like looking at it from like where I'm seeing it today like everything was just lining up. It's not even that I had to take the job. It's just that, you know, there were a few things that, um, that, that opportunity presented me, which is what would help me with uh, another opportunity that was coming along later. So it was, um, it was, I just needed to trust more. Mm -hmm. And I ended up uh, going ahead and accepting the position. um, But I, I still had my, you know, my own terms that I, wanted um and I negotiated for those so then tell me how did your perspective change was this so it was definitely gradual right definitely gradual a lot of steps so um you know when I was working I was working with you and I also started going to therapy that helped me a lot in a lot of ways too Mm -hmm. um 
but really I think that it was like a remembering of like what I am capable of doing and that I I can do a lot more than I give myself credit for Mm -hmm. and I feel like that was really um, one of the biggest takeaways from this experience was it kind of brought me back to my own power and I think we always forget the power that we have but I mean, really, everybody that's taking this path, they're going to be doing the fearless act for themselves, by themselves at the end of the day. Right. And like that power is, is inside all of us. It's just, you gave me the permission to go out and do these things. I, I, had, I had withheld that permission from myself for so long. Mm-hmm. And you were just like opening the door and giving me the keys and saying, just do this. And I mean, I did it. And Every, every act just opened me up more and more. And I feel like there's still so much more, so many more ways I can open myself up. And you probably feel like that too. I think maybe we even talked about that, mm-hmm. but there's always more. And, exactly. um, and like, this was just the beginning, but I just, I feel like it really saved me from myself. Hmm. Well, I mean, like I was becoming, (laughs) (laughs) well, but here's the thing, like ultimately you, the one, you were the one that showed up to yoga. You were the one that approached me, you know what I mean? So it's like you, you were answering just a natural call to want to get back to who you truly are. And all, all I did was just like, show you the light. Like, (laughs) I mean, it's, you know what I mean? Yeah, but it's, but I mean, you did it. And so, and that's the thing. We, we have no idea what we're capable of until you just do it. And nobody can give you that. Nobody can give you that but yourself. I mean, it's just the truth. Like, and I mean, you can sit there and, and talk about it and meander over it and write, you know, stories about it. But action is where it's at. Taking those steps is really the thing that catapults you um, into the person that you're meant to be. And that's really why we're here, I believe. You know, oh, yeah. and you could go back to a cuddle party or you could make your yeah. own. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. You, could, you know what? You could make a cuddle party when everybody brings their dogs. So, <laughs> oh, my God. I just created Best a idea. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I mean, I've got so many ideas, please. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like you can really have fun with it and play around with it. And I think that's what's so, that's what I say. Like life can be an adventure, right? And yeah. It's so hard. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting old. It's like, fuck it. Like life can be an adventure. You can make it and create whatever you want. Three <laughs> things, three things that you're excited by, about right now. Uh, I'm super excited about my puppy Luna. She Aww. has just like lit up my whole world. I'm super, super excited about her. She's Aww. brought so much love into my house, into my family. It's been such a blessing. So definitely she's at the top of the list. Um, the other thing I'm really excited about is my internship. I'm going to be uh, teaching a six week class <gasps> and doing public talks oh my and working God. with clients. So there's a lot, a lot surfacing there. So Ayurveda is definitely, um, it's definitely one thing. And, and the third thing I'll say is I started dating. So <gasps> that's actually been fun. Oh. So that's something I'm excited about right now too. Fabulous. Anything you want to say about that? Like, are you online? Are you meeting them in real life? Are you meeting them walking your dog? What? <laughs> no, just no online. So, I mean, I guess that's the go-to way these days. Um, so my therapist had actually been telling me for a while that I should, you know, start putting myself out there. And, you know, I was like, what? I'm so depressed. Like, what am I going to do? Go on dates with me? Like, talk about how depressed I am. Like, <laughs> but I started to feel better. And then I was like, you know what? Maybe she's right. Maybe I should, you know, maybe I should like just just make a profile. And so I did. And because I dated a little bit in, in, in the past, um, a few years ago, and it's a totally different energy now. I feel like because I'm more me, yep. I'm attracting people that are more fun. Yep. Um, so it's a really, really different experience right now. So I'm, I'm enjoying that. And I mean, I'm not trying to get serious anytime soon about anything, but um, if it happens, it happens. Otherwise, okay. I'm just enjoying um enjoying meeting new people yeah I mean that's wonderful 
I mean, you yeah. sound amazing. Really, truly. Thank like, you. congrats on everything. Well, tell people how they can reach out to you. Um, like, do you have a website you're working on? Or if not, are you on LinkedIn? Are you on any social media? So I'm not super big on social media at this time, but I did. I do have an email for my Ayurveda coaching. It's theayurvedacoach at gmail.com. So okay. um, you can send me an email. Um, I am on LinkedIn. I'm going to put it in the show notes so that people can contact you if they, if they want to receive yeah. your, your Ayurveda. Yeah, happy. yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to work with anyone interested in Ayurveda. Fabulous. Thank you again so much. Of course. Thank you so much, Charlene. You're amazing. So, so, so amazing. And I'm so, so grateful that our paths crossed. And I'm so thankful to you for the work that you're doing and for spreading your light so bright. And I love you for that. Oh, thank you. I love you too. And thank you. All right. Thank you. Check it out. I'll, I'll put it all in the show notes. And thank you for a wonderful conversation. And it's late now. We have to go to bed. Yes, <laughs> she has to cuddle with her dog. I won't be cuddling. With, I'll cuddle with my pillows. <laughs> and have a wonderful <laughs> evening, day, night, morning, however time you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> all right, hon. Take care. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. Isn't she amazing? I'm going to quickly end this episode with the song that she was referring to that I sang um, that day in Shavasana. It's called It's Love.
I've been broken and bruised And I've crumbled like a fool from more The jealousy that I let in And I've fallen down on my knees And when I'm there 